Good evening, Bob. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Fantastic, in fact. Nice. Uh, you have just gotten back from rifling through uh, <laughs> records for <laughs> several hours. Oh my God, yes. And as a result, I haven't read as many comics as, <laughs> as I probably should have. But uh, yeah, no, I did. Uh, there's a, there's like just pallets of records at Martin's. Got some scores. Disgusting. Uh, yeah, it is. M- moldy old records. They're not actually, I mean, many of them are water damaged and a few of them are moldy but i would say mold was low water damage <laughs> was at 50 50 minimum but like i don't know i got like sealed grace jones records oh, i shit. got uh i got uh, my third copy of the clark kent album like i, I swear <laughs> to god like that album just like throws itself at me from wow. dollar bins i get this yep. is my second one on green vinyl i don't Ooh. know whatever anyway that's a Amazing. I figured it was comic adjacent because it's it Clark is. Kent. <laughs> I agree. Um, cool. Well, we got, uh, I don't know. I would say that this is kind of a moderate week. Mm. It's not, not nothing too crazy this week, but uh, there's a few good things we can talk about, and uh, we might as well get to it. Yeah. Let's start with American Vampire 1978. It is number eight of ten. We're almost done with this thing. Uh, people are falling off this one pretty heavily, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I don't know if it wasn't. I, I read the first three issues and, you know, stopped for the obvious reasons that I always do. I have to read 400 <laughs> other comics, but uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty good, uh, at least what I read. Um, Avengers Epic Collection, uh, trade paperback, final threat, new printing. What is this? I did not take the time to open it, so I don't know, but so, it looked like uh, Roy Thomas-era Avengers lineup from the cover. Yes, it is. This is uh, uh, George Perez, Jim oh. Starlin, John Byrne, actually. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, Avengers 150 through 166, Annual 6 and 7, Supervillain Team Up 9, and Marvel 2-in-1 number 2. Huh. That is what we got in there. Uh, we got a trade paperback for Barbalian. Red Planet. Ah, oh, that was a really good series. Yeah, and uh, Batman and Scooby Doo Mysteries number two, which <laughs> is surprisingly fun. Like, yeah. I mean, even uh, they're always they're always fun all ages books, but this is uh, they obviously put more into this because they had Batman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to go behind it. Uh, Batman the Detective number two is out. Uh, this is yeah the Tom Taylor future uh, future bat like near future Batman mystery. Uh, I didn't read it, but uh, yeah, you got the Andy Andy Kubert and Andy Kubert Kubert and uh, yeah, lots of new characters, kind of new takes on the the Batman stuff. Yeah. It's a it was, the first issue was really good. Yep, I agree. Uh, Batman Universe trade paperback is out. Oh, so good. This is, it is, it is so good. It's so annoying that this came out with the Walmart books. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they were trying to sell them, so they had to put the big guns into it. Yeah, they, uh, unfortunately, it does get a little, uh, cosmic for a batman story at the end it does um but it throughout it just has like that nick darrington art is so good and like it's just yeah there's a couple like double page spreads in there that are just like oh you could God. frame them like yeah the, definitely. the the raid 
Yeah. One where it's just like the the outline of the house and how he gets through it. Yeah, totally. Man. There's like a boat one that's uh and then also like there was like a panel in the first issue that was like the background of it was straight up lifted from the um like storyboards from the Batman movie, the Tim Burton Batman oh, movie. Nice. Like he was like basically using that shit for set design and like Oh, it was so good. I loved it. It got like real weird white lantern-y at the end, but you know, it had heart and it was like, it, did. It, it, it was cool. You got like Batman jumping around in time. Jonah Hex is in there and it's all kinds of yeah. kind of weird shit. So definitely not your average Batman story, but just great art. It's one of those things when somebody doesn't think they're going to be doing a DC book again and they're like, okay, I got to get these 52 characters into <laughs> this fucking thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a fair amount of Nightwing in there too. Yep. Batman Urban Legends number three. I love this book. Me too. Yeah. I'm I'm just shocked that they would put something out with such a I don't know, historically throwaway title. Yeah. Like they've done a couple of these, right? That were called Urban Legends in the past. Uh yeah. I think the Legends to me always kinda calls like Legends of the Dark Knight. But yeah. this is very different from that because it's it's basically it's just it's this should be called Batman Universe honestly like right. it is literally Batman supporting characters it's yep. Red Hood and the Outsiders and you've got Batman in there of course like oh and Grifter apparently <laughs> I don't know I I, Man, I care I care just... as little about Grifter as you know they um, are just trying to jam Grifter in as hard as they can yeah it's like they're grifting they're grifting the <laughs> comics buying public <laughs> into buying grifter comics yeah uh but that said the stuff that's around it is yeah. is, is strong enough that i enjoy it oh yeah and uh, i hate to say it i loved the grifter stuff that was in this i thought mm. i thought the grifter story was super strong it made me this this grifter story made me want to read more grifter which cool is not a thing that i normally do because i well that's cool kind of i wouldn't say i hate the character i mean yeah the only my only real exposure i never read uh wildcats what was the what was the original uh grifter is from wildcats yes yeah i read the alan moore wildcat story mm. and that was it and i don't think i did anything else other than that yeah I like his his mask is cool. It's a good design from from Jim Lee. I uh yeah, the thing for me is too is like I realized um uh yeah, I went back and reread there was this DC Legends or something like that. I can't even, honestly can't even remember what the name of the anthology title was, but it had Metamorpho and it had um uh Robot Man in it and I was just like okay, like I have to get this or whatever or yeah, I can't remember what it, it might not even been Robot Man. It was something. But uh anyway, one of the things in it was called Sugar and Spike uh Meta Human Investigations and I didn't read it. And it came out I was just like I don't care about Sugar and Spike. I don't like them and I didn't read it. And then I went back and read them recently and they're amazing. So, you know, I'm skipping over it doesn't mean it's bad. Fair. Like, oh that it's it's so good. Those That's if you so ever weird. see those uh Sugar and Spike Metahue, it's like amazing. It's like literally <laughs> just like them as adults investigating uh specific issues of Silver Age DC comics. Oh, weird. Like one of them they rescue huh. Batman's weird suits. Uh, one of them, they fight the weird uh, green alien that marries Wonder Woman. Like, oh man, I love yeah. that guy. Like, it's like a whole issue. <laughs> That's amazing. Know. Anyway, yeah, digression, but yes, uh, Black Cat number six, cool. Black Hammer Visions number four of eight. Oh man, this was great. This is like uh, Diego Olor 
Ortegui. I don't. Oh boy. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. That is rough. Alortegui. I don't know what it is, but uh, either way. Alortegui? Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Sorry. Somebody's going to have to say that to me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. I not be able to get that. I need to hear it. But uh, Mariko Tamaki is the uh, uh, writer. And uh, this artist, anyway, Diego, um, is a revelation. And I will absolutely, like, look. This is like... um, it's it's like the guy that draws Geiger and uh, Superman mm. Earth One mixed with like uh, Arthur. I don't, I don't want to say Arthur Adams, but like um, who's the guy? And I should remember he drew your your T shirt for your con, and he did uh, Batman uh, Inc. Oh, uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, I know, right? Where this is oh my like God. the thing where I can't hold fucking names in. <laughs> Um, cause I, it's I, terrible. Uh, Chris Burnham. Chris Burnham. Yeah. He's got like a Chris Burnham vibe. Yeah. It's, it's weird because we had, we had several Burnhams at the con that year and right. it was really weird because, uh, Eric Burnham was there as well. So it was, it was very strange. <laughs> I, the name that was in my head was Ian Bertram, which Ooh. is another comics name. And I was just like, that was the, when I get that, I get like, I can only hear that sounds one like name. a British rock star. Ian Bertram. I don't know who he is from. Ian Bertram, the but it's uh, a name that stuck in my head. The keyboard player for <laughs> He's he's on the the third uh Dio list Black Sabbath album. Emerson Lake and Palmer's replacement keyboard player. Um Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 25 is out. Cool. Challenge of the Super Sons number 2 is out. And I do love this story. I mm. love this I love the series. Uh it's it is just really, really fun superhero nonsense. Yeah. Um, and, and the va- variant cover on it is really cool. It's really good. That's Nick Bradshaw. Um, <clears throat> and this week we have Children of the Atom number three. Okay. So this is the origin of the Children of the Atom, which oh. is the kind of the thing that everybody's been waiting for to find out what the hell these characters are and what their deal is. And it's very interesting. Huh. Uh, it has a, a, a very strange tie-in to the world of the X-Men and they're sort of mutants and they're sort of not. It's a very interesting concept. Uh, huh. I, I'm curious to see where they're going with it. This is a this is good stuff. Nice. I assumed that they would be demons. <laughs> I wish that was the case. Uh, no, nope. they are uh, they are some sort of third thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got Conan the Barbarian number twenty one, and. Ooh, this one's real good. Uh, DC Festival of Heroes, the Asian Superhero Celebration. Very cool. What a great book. What a yeah. great little collection of, of awesome stuff. Yeah, 100 pages and, like, a bunch. Like, there's so much material in yeah. here. Like, there's a bunch of short little, like, two-pagers, but then there's, like, some longer stuff. This is really, really fantastic. It is. It's it, it's it, surprisingly good. Um, like, a lot of these things, they're hit or miss. You get, like, one really good thing to start it off and then, like, sprinkle in a couple of things that are interesting and then a bunch of garbage. This one is, like, pretty much solid the whole way through. Yeah. And it also it has that Cheshire Cat uh, character yes. from the yeah, Future yeah. State Catwoman, who I really, really liked. I and I think like, this, is the, uh, this is the origin of her and Catwoman as a... Yeah. As a team. 
Yeah, I also like that they've redesigned the Cheshire character to have that kind of weird mask thing too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, not that those two things necessarily have anything to do with each other. I shouldn't have said. Oh that. my goodness. <laughs> uh, <ooh. laughs> but yeah, no, it's really the Festival of Heroes uh, yep. Asian superhero collection. Yeah, high very, recommendations very on that one. Uh, Dreaming the Waking Hours number ten is out. And there we have an Empowered Omnibus, Volume 2 of Empowered, if that's a thing that you like. Uh, we got the second compendium volume of uh, Fables. Plus. That is a beefy tome. Oh, they're so... Those are such great books. And to have them all together like that and make it nice and easy to complete the whole series, I'm glad they did that. Because there are so goddamn many of those books. Yeah. It's daunting to buy, you know, 20 trade paperbacks, but... <laughs> you know, a few of these phone books, nice and easy. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Fantastic Four, number 32, is out. We got um, Flash, volume 14, The Flash Age, trade paperback. And I don't know if I want to say this is my favorite book of the week, but man, it's up there. Uh, Future State Gotham, number one. Ooh. Wow. This was a surprise. Yeah. Um, like you go into this going, hey, wow, another Batman book. I can't fucking wait. And you open this thing up and it is the most beautifully stylized <laughs> black and white uh, manga adjacent in like intentionally very manga, but also very Western comic version of manga. It's just fucking perfect. It's such a good book. Oh, yeah, my God. It's yeah. so good. It's funny because, like, during Future State, they kind of teased uh, or, like, just had – or maybe it wasn't Future State. Maybe no, it was in the regular was, Batman, uh, but they had Giannis, Milo Giannis, yeah. Milano Giannis uh, doing like, – and I was just like, what's he doing here? And it's like, okay, this is what he's doing here, and it is yeah. fucking awesome. Every time uh, – it wasn't that in Robin? Might have been. Because Robin brought a uh, – uh, Damien had a had like a manga with him that he was reading and every few pages there'd be some of his art going straight into a into a manga scene and then it would come back out yeah I think it was I think it was Robin I think yeah there was because yeah because and I'm also thinking of like that Stoko thing with yeah. uh, oh, the yeah. clown killer and just kind of like also amazing yeah. oh yeah yeah for sure um, and then this also has like a bunch of black and white um like pinups there's a moebius there's a yeah. there's a, a snippet of the third mask which was the otomo uh manga of batman that was actually really really good um so really cool really cool stuff in here great book yes um we've got the sixth gantz omnibus uh if you are into that type of thing we've got garbage pale kids hardcover volume two thrills and chills. Uh, these are actually really awesome because you get exclusive uh, covers for those. What's the R.L. Stein Garbage Pail Kids though? Like, what is that? Is R.L. Stein writing... is writing these Garbage Pail Kids books? Okay. And then you get specific Garbage Pail Kids cards with these hardcover books. It's like, it's the kind of thing that if it was released in the '80s would have sold 10 trillion copies. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a little late for what it is. How but, old is R.L. Stein? That's a really good question, but he doesn't fucking need to be doing this. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I, that's one thing I can guarantee is that he's not doing this because he needs the money. Unless he's got a serious coke problem, uh, <laughs> he's he's doing okay. Yeah, that fucking, oh, he's not that old. That fucking Goosebumps money is oh, nothing wait. to laugh at. Sorry, he's 77. He's, he's old. He's old as shit. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for being a, a jillionaire, he'll live for another 30 years. Um, Truth. Let's see. Uh, Geiger number two is out. Yeah, this book is gorge. It's it's real pretty. And it's, and it's also just a real good superhero apocalyptic whatever you call it it's it's really good it's yeah. just it's like exactly what you want out of this thing yeah there's a really great one-liner in here too like a splash page <laughs> with a like a little, good little yeah there's probably more than one i didn't really yep plow through um yeah no really good uh again was very surprised by that book when it came out um uh, gi joe real american hero 281 there it's i how often does this book i genuinely need to figure out how often this book comes out it is more than monthly it has uh, to be gi joe yeah i don't know good question i mean it's idw so i think they pay their artists about 25 cents a page <laughs> so they can put it out as often as they feel like hmm. um it's a good question i think it's i feel like there's at least a gi joe comic every week Mm, there's a G.I. Joe comic every other week, at least. Okay. I think. You're the expert. It on feels that way. Out. It feels that way. You know, in my heart, it feels that way. Uh, giant-sized Amazing Spider-Man, King's Ransom, number one. Wow, that's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to talk to this one, because I got nothing. <laughs> okay. So, the, if you are following Amazing Spider-Man... There's this thing that's going on uh, where you've got a giant pile of of characters all coming together for uh, the Kingpin. Uh, he's looking for some sort of ancient something or other. I can't remember if it's like Silvermane's thing or whatever it is, but hmm. he's looking for some sort of magical occultish item. And uh, and there's like a big throwdown, and uh, there was a very cool team up that ended the last issue that made me actually want to read this. I have not read this issue, but hmm. you know, it's it is unfortunately pretty clutch to the main series, and they did this thing again where they're like, "Here's an extra comic that you have to buy in order to understand what's going in the main Spider-Man book." I, why don't they just call it an annual? I don't know. I don't, that's I don't. That's what they. I mean, I hate to be like that's what they used to do, but like that's because they also like, do annuals, so they they would have to call it a biannual or a, a quadrannual or a, an octannual because they do it every two months. Mm. Yeah, that's it. That's I guess that's what it is. It's, they just <laughs> but if it's going to tie into the storyline of the main I'm, book, it should listen, be an annual, man, I, and then everything else should be a special. Preach into the choir. Um, they they pull this shit way too often. Uh, Grendel, Devil's Odyssey, number six, is out. Looks cool. Yeah, this book was great. I, you know, they there was that massive break in between issue like four and five or issue three and four. And I just stopped reading it. Oopsie. Mm. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy number 14 is out. Didn't get to this one, but I've been digging this run. Yeah. Um, Heavy Metal 306 is out. We've got Heroes Reborn number two of seven. 
I loved this issue. Cool. Um, <laughs> I did. I, you know, I flipped through it, but I was just like, I, I realized about three pages in that I was like, I'm not going to be able to give this thing any kind of like, uh, the attention that it needs. So go, yeah. you should, you should talk about why it's awesome. Well, I mean, the whole story is, it's weird because normally I would not care about it because it revolves around the squadron Supreme who I do not give any shits about. However, it's set up in that kind of like, let's just tear everything down and do some sort of crazy nonsense in the Marvel universe style that I really dig. And, uh, and they're just fucking around, you know, they're <laughs> killing everybody off. Like, uh, Hyperion is like murdering all of these people. He, I mean, there's a single panel of him flying through Galactus's head and it exploding, which, you know, <laughs> come on. How can you not want to see that? Basically, it's the the epic Galactus shows up on Earth and is like, ah, oh, people of Earth, I'm going to fuck you all up. And he's like, hell no, and explodes him. <laughs> and uh, and it's a lot of this stuff is very like, you know, it's very uh, Punisher kills the Marvel Universe feeling because there's a lot of like, you know, the Hulk gets, you know, gooified in this one. You know, like he's he's fucking up everybody in the Marvel universe. Uh, but it's all to a point and there's, there's some really fun, hopeful moments in this and some really good writing and some really, really clever ideas in, in that alternate Marvel way. I, I'm really, I'm enjoying it in a way that like a, uh, like the Deadpool kills the Marvel universe series that I hated <laughs> where it felt too dark and hateful and like, anti the things that I like about comics. This feels like it doesn't have that to it. It's like, it's more playful than that. Even when it's, even when it's killing characters that you like, it's still a little more playful than that. I, I dig it. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, and also we've got, uh, the, the two tie-ins, which are Hyperion, uh, and the Imperial guard and Heroes Reborn, uh, Peter Parker, the Amazing Shutterbug. Holy shit! Peter Parker, the Amazing Shutterbug is um, depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it, you had me going there for a second. I was uh, like, oh, good. It was good. Oh, it was amazing. Well, oh. no. It, uh, here's the thing: is I it was good. It was a, like I read it cover to cover, and I was I was held. Essentially, this is just a world where shit's gone wrong, where like everything's like one step out of focus for some reason. And whatever it is, Peter Parker gets shoved out of the way just as the spider's coming down and Flash Thompson steps on it. And then he's like, he lives the rest of his life just like one step out of focus. And he's like, man, that, that Mary Jane, I wonder, it would have been nice to have known her a little better. Oh, well, you know, all this stuff. And it has a real downer of an ending, by the way. So get ready. If you're reading this thing, it is a one shot for a reason. And it is depressing as shit, but it's also very well written. So if you want to see something like that, it's pretty fucking clever, but also real dark. <laughs> so that's what I will say about that book. Uh, House of Lost Horizons, number one. I think this looks great. 
Yeah, I think this is if you are a fan of Miss <laughs> Marple. Uh, I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or no, there's like a there's a Miss uh... Miss Agatha Raisin. Uh, <laughs> any of these thousands of of BBC, yeah, like, but the, it's the it's little old lady that solves the mystery. But, whatever. It okay, is. but we're leaving out one thing, which is that it is supernatural <laughs> mysteries, and that it is created by Mike mm-hmm. Mignola. So it's like obviously that is a, but it's his take on that genre. Yeah, it is definitely as though Mike Mignola brought supernatural craziness into the world of a Miss Marple or, you know, an Agatha Raisin or one of those. Yeah, I wish I could remember the name of the it's like Miss something. Mrs. Mrs. Tiggy Winkle's murder hour. Mrs. Mrs. Tiggy Winkle's murder hour. It's not (laughs) it's not that, though. It's Miss something. And it's like a really popular uh, series that actually Gladys Cornwall's crumpets and killers. (laughs) I think it's more like flapper era. It's got that like that like 1920s like flapper era kind of thing going on. I think it looks great. Honestly, the art from Leila Del Duca and it's written by Chris Robertson. Uh, it's uh, it's a it's it just it's a really nice looking book and I'm excited about it. I love I love mysteries and uh, I love Mike Mignola and I love yeah. uh, flapper era bullshit. Yeah, uh, exactly. so you know, hey, sold. All good. Ice Cream Man number 24. Uh, looks fucking amazing. I wish I had gotten a chance to read this one. I only looked it at the cover. so good. Uh, Joker number three is out. So we're on the tail of that story where Gordon is being paid to murder the Joker. He has flown to the wherever the Joker is holing up with some drug lord on his private island. And he is being pursued by the daughter of Bane. And that is where this picks up. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's a very apt description. Plus, there's also a backup story starring Ooh, yeah, there is Bluebird, uh, Harper, Harper yeah. from uh, from the Snyder Run and Punchline. I liked uh, that. Yeah, that it, cool. I think the art looks really good. Again, I I just gave it a flip. You know, this is a. I actually can't believe that I'm interested in the Joker yeah. series, but I love Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> um, okay, so and, and it's genuinely decent. Like it's it good. is. This one definitely makes me worry about where it's going. Like I've liked the first. The first three issues have been good so far, but like this one, I was like, oh, that the the ending didn't make me go. I can't wait to see how this goes. I was kind of like, that's a an odd an odd cliffhanger, but. I'm obviously still in because the first three issues have been really good. Uh, You know what was really good, which I guess no one should be surprised by, but I think (laughs) everyone is going to fucking miss because it just looks like your regular, plain old, run-of-the-mill Justice League book, but it is not. Don't be fooled. Justice League, The Last Ride by Chip Zdarsky. Hmm. Read this comic. Holy shit. It's so good. Um, it is, it's what you want out of Chip Zdarsky writing, a, a oh, and also the, the, it's kind of a spoiler, but part of why it's so good is that it's also a Lobo book. Hmm. So, I saw that he was in it. So yes, it's really good. Read it. You're going to love it. Yeah. Based on what I've seen from Zdarsky and it's weird. Cause like I do need to catch up on daredevil i know it's amazing and i just haven't yeah. i didn't start reading it when the run started and therefore i'm way behind and read 10 million comic books but mm-hmm. uh everything he does is great everything he writes is great it's just great he's great he's a really good writer yeah so i'm not surprised that this is great 
Yes. Um, I don't know if we need to give much of a synopsis. Essentially, it's Justice League has broken apart and kind of drifted away. And now uh, these are all kind of spoilery. So if you don't want any spoilers, don't listen to this. <laughs> skip, hit the skip button. But uh, Exactly four times. Yes. Uh, the, the Green Lantern Corps show up with Lobo as a prisoner and they want to establish the moon as the new Oa. Huh. That's essentially it because the earth has no protectors and the earth is a fucking clusterfuck for, you know, multi multiversal events. They're like, listen, every goddamn time some sort of thing happens, you ding-dongs are always involved and so <laughs> they want to get them all in. Okay, another one, another surprise for me this week. Carmen. I liked the first two issues. They were really good. But this was moving this issue was so beautiful just poetic and sad and oh my god wow wow this book is good it it's one of those things where you can't believe that somebody who's just drawing a naked woman on every single page is going to write a brilliant comic but (laughs) there's a reason for it and it's also genius and uh, man i love it Uh, so good can't say enough good things about that book. Uh, Maniac of New York, number four. Another book I can't say enough nice good things about. Uh, I love this thing. Um, let's see. Maria Lovitz, Eros Psyche. Uh, this is a book that I can say with all honesty doesn't make one single lick of sense. Uh, I've <laughs> is, tried. Is it? Is it pretty? It is. It is pretty. There you, you go. You sometimes, are correct. Sometimes that's all anyone's looking for. I mean, for. honestly, sometimes that's all it really needs to be. Uh, and I I totally understand that. You're never going to get art like this. She's This is the only place you're going to get that kind of thing. It's just the story doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> um, okay. Morbius, epic collection. Uh, living, uh, what? what? <laughs> living dead man. <laughs> living dead man. The End of a Living Vampire is what it's called. Uh, This is, do not pass this up by accident if you're worried that you're going to get Marvel Comics stuff. That's not what this is. This is all the Marvel Magazine stuff. Oh. This is, you you do get stuff from Fear, you get stuff from Marvel Premiere, but it's a lot of black and white stuff. It's stuff from Savage She-Hulk, Vampire Tales, Marvel Preview. There's a lot of amazing, like very hard to find Marvel Magazine Morbius stories. And some of it is so fucking good. That's cool. It reminds me that there was a time when Morbius was like a huge Marvel character, like in the 70s. Right. Like they were doing all those cool magazines and and just there were people out there taking chances before they got clamped in the 80s. Clamped. (sighs) Give them the clamps. Clamped. Um, We got... You know, we got some My Little Ponies. Friendship is Magic, 2021 annual. Ooh. We've got the trade paperback, number 14. And we've got Pokemon Sun and Moon, graphic novel, volume 10. Volume 10. Volume 10 of Sun and Moon. <laughs> that is of that is of the 450th series. Wow. Uh, 
Proctor Valley Road number Ooh, three. I really like this comic book, and it's cool. There's giant demons on the loose uh, in the southwest, and there's a group of kids that's trying to just make their way as best they can in a and and it's it's violent and ghosty and it's really it's cool and i know it's going to be a series at some point uh because i'm pretty sure it's part of that whole morrison yeah deal right but uh it it just looks great the art is awesome the coloring you got tamra bonvillain uh you got uh, and i know we say this every time but it seems like if tamra bonvillain signs on to do something it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen her attached to a mediocre product. That's correct. And it, it's kind of fascinating. It's like it's like an easy it's an easy way to tell if something's gonna be good. Yeah. I I I completely agree with that assessment and I think Proctor Valley Road, if you're sleeping on it, get them get them yeah. now. I think we still have everything too. So yeah. Well, they're just they're they're only cool right now because like in terms of their pricing is because they haven't announced the Proctor Valley Road mini series on it's going to be on sci-fi or whatever. And then everyone will be like, oh, what's this about? And it's like we're telling you right now. Yes. Get it now. Agree. Uh, Resident Alien, your ride's here. Number six of six. I like this. And I actually haven't opened the cover because I don't want to know how it ends this is a big one yes it turns out yeah your ride's here yeah well i mean is this right here i don't know i don't want to know until i I read the comic but his ride might be here his ride may be here uh rorschach number eight of 12 shock shock uh sea of sorrows number five of five it's just everybody crying. Everybody so, on a boat just so crying. Sad. <laughs> Who'd have thought that'd be make a good comic? But man, that's great. It was me. Uh, <laughs> we got a Shang Chi little golden book. What a fucking magical <laughs> world we live in. Can you can uh, you imagine twenty years ago being like, oh, you know, uh, your kid is going to be reading a Shang Chi. No <laughs> little golden book. No. No, it's. It's downright crazy. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to step back and look at the miracles in this world. <laughs> and that's one of them. Uh, I see miracles every day. And I see miracles every way. Holy crap. Fucking magnets. Tell How me, do they work? Tell me a bit about magnets. <laughs> Giraffes, their necks so long. Uh, <laughs> Silk, number three of five. Is a comic book that I'm not really digging. Uh, but one that I really am fucking digging is Silver Coin. Ooh, I if it's as anywhere near as good as issue one, I'm gonna love it. It it is as good as issue one. And uh it's funny, this was a little bit of a I don't know what to call it, uh low hanging fruit issue. Hmm. Uh, but it was right in my wheelhouse. So yeah, that <laughs> low hanging fruit was pretty exciting for me. It's, it is a, it is an eighties slasher movie. It's essentially a little girl goes to a camp and gets teased by all of the people around her, finds the cursed coin and things go crazy. Uh, it's great. Yeah. I love that. And I love the narrative like of the coin being just like, going from issue to issue and just yeah. being like here's here's the coin they just toss it to the next writer yep and then it's all drawn by michael walsh who is very very good yep and and very versatile too which yeah. is nice i like that it's kind of got a different style in each one even though it's his style it's like 
you know, going from that first like rock guy thing from the first issue and then right. going to this like summer camp massacre story. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog number 39 is out and Spider-Man Spider-Shadow number two of five is out. I liked this. Cool. I uh, <laughs> I liked the first issue, but I'll be honest, it, I just it's too it's too dark for me this well (laughs) you thought that one was too dark i know i mean i could tell it was gonna get dark and i just was like i think i think as much as i love zadarsky i wow uh, i I was like i I don't think i'm on board for this it's interesting i can see why you wouldn't be it is definitely like it i mean it hits a point where it's it's telling a story that is in the back of your head when you read a Spider-Man comic or a Batman comic. You know, it's it's essentially yeah. that it's that problem that that they just basically engender in in the series themselves by having recurring villains that recur so often. You know, when you see the Hobgoblin come back for the 50th time and he's killed 20 people every time he comes back, at that point Spider-Man is responsible for all of these deaths by not killing him. You know, like there's got to be a point when you just go, okay, I've got to break this guy's neck. You know, I'm being terribly irresponsible. And the Venom symbiote being in in Peter Parker is basically telling him that is basically explaining to him that viewpoint that, you know, the that the readers are kind of kind of have in the back of their head. Mm -hmm. And it's in a way that it is it is also very, it's very dark for what it is. That voice that is the, the reader's voice that's, that's questioning these decisions sees how that plays out. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. where, where kingdom come does the same kind of thing where it's like, Oh, you want, you want heroes that kill. This is what happens, you know? And when he does it, things go to hell. And it's like, you can see why Spider-Man has been making these decisions in these (laughs) comics forever because, it leads to it leads down a bad road. Yeah, um, we got Star Wars number thirteen out. That is the that is a tie-in to the War of the Bounty Hunters, which is really fun. Um, we've got Star Wars High Republic number five. Star Wars Little Golden Book. I am a clone trooper. <laughs> oh right, the clone troopers were good at this point, so it's fine. Um, they, they weren't, (laughs) they weren't analogous to Nazis at this point. Uh, okay. Um, Superman number 31. Uh, the backup feature continues to be uh, significantly better than the, the front feature. But that said, uh, the last issue was, was definitely starting a new trend. If you're, if you're looking for a Superman book, it's getting a little bit less sucky. Um, they're in space like there's some more world shit going on, but then the tales of metropolis is the backup feature. And, uh, it's, uh, it's just all these ancillary, uh, metropolis characters kind of involved in this ongoing, uh, plot. And, uh, this one has loose cannon. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That weird blue, like Hulk character from <laughs> yeah. the nineties. Uh, he's just like, in wow. it. last one was ambush bug. The one before that was Jimmy Olsen. Like it's, it's cool. Uh, I like it and it's drawn by Sami Basri. And so it's, uh, it's, I like that, uh, aspect of it. The, the main story is just kind of Superman and his kid in space and aliens and, 
you know, hmm. I don't know. I didn't read it, read it. So I don't know. It just looked like it was starting to get good last time. And so nice. I'm also just really into that backup. Um, you know what else was really good this week? Time before time. I was going to guess. Yeah. Um, this was not what I thought it was going to be. And I don't, th- I feel like the pitch that they gave for this didn't help it at all. It's like, it's like Looper meets blah, blah, you know, like they kind of gave it one of those like shitty Hollywood pitches. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like that at all. It's really, it's much smarter and much f- more fun than that, that silly premise that makes it sound like a, you know, a shitty Mark Millar book kind of hmm. thing. It's not that. Um, so time travel exists. Uh, there's this company that sends people into the past to hide them for various nefarious crime reasons or whatever. Um, and there's these characters who are working there. A tragedy happens to one of the characters and by no real fault of his own, uh, this character is driven into the past and is pursued by people. And I'm not going to spoil any more than that because it's really good. And I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's cool. It's Declan Shalvey writing only. And the art is, uh, by someone I'm not unfamiliar with. Uh, the art is cool. Yeah, it is really good. So it's Declan it's really Shalvey, super Rory stylized. McConville. Joe Palmer is the artist hmm. and Chris O'Halloran is the colorist who I, um, am I familiar, more yeah. familiar with, but, uh, yeah, this is, this looked really cool. I, I did read that shitty Hollywood pitch and was like, Oh, I could be into this. And then yeah, the, it from the shelf and I was like, oh, this looks great. Yeah, it's 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 good. Uh Wonder Woman 772 is the first appearance of whatever they're calling the dark Wonder Woman, her like negative Wonder Woman, the <laughs> her oh. evil aspect comes comes to life and fights her in this issue. Wonder Wizaro. <laughs> Wizunder Wizumman. <laughs> uh, uh Nice. Yeah. Uh, X Corp number one is out. Yeah. I liked this. Yeah. It looked interesting to me. This continues I down. It continues down that road of, uh, you know, more uh, like just heaping on uh, the X Men, really just being like, fuck y'all. We're the superior race. It literally starts out with like a supremacy line and like. Warren Worthington and uh, Monet, like they're reading a fucking ad and she literally uses a line about supremacy. It's like, these guys are cruising for a fucking bruising at this point. They are making terrible decisions. And I'm, I want to know where they're going with this. I, if I'm going to throw my, my opinion in the hat, as far as where they're going with this, I think that, we could probably take a cue from his Avengers run and assume that it's going to build for several years. And then there's going to be a line wide crossover a la secret wars where mm-hmm. everything gets resolved. And then he no longer writes the book and the X-Men are done by someone else. Yeah. I mean, that's probably correct, but I still want to know how they're going to humble the x-men i don't think you can at this point i just i mean honestly really don't think you can like Mm. it without like some kind of like ground zero like restart of the whole shebang like you can't like it's 
like Cyclops was a villain for like a really long time. And now he's like a good guy again, but they're all villains. It's like, they're all basically acting right. like Magneto. And it's like, like I, I get it. And it's undoubtedly insanely much smarter than I think it is. Well, uh, but that's, but, that is the problem is that they are correct. The, yeah. the, the biggest issue with this book is that the X-Men are absolutely right in everything they're doing. They are responding to having been treated as outsiders for a very long time. They are stronger, smarter, more capable than humans. And humans have hunted them, killed them, you know, persecuted them for the longest time. They finally said, okay, we're going to make our own nation and you guys can all fuck off. And they say, you can't do that. That's wrong. And they say, well, we're going to. And if you fuck with us, we're going to kill you because you guys are so much weaker than we are. And I think that's the thing that kind of gets me about it is that like, you know, Wakanda is also that, but doesn't need to constantly like prove that it is. It just, Wakanda is like just badass. And like, but the thing is that Wakanda never, there's that Ta-Nehisi Coates thing that he threw into Wakanda that's so clever where he was like, uh, you know that Africa was going through some shit, right, guys, while you put up your fucking fences? You know, like, we could have used some help. And the X-Men book is basically saying, okay, so do you want to recognize us as a sovereign nation? If so, uh, mutant scientists have created a pill that will get rid of every disease that humans suffer from. But then, like, it only affects the X-Men books. Like, wh- I haven't seen anything in any other book where someone is like, oh, I took the X-Men pill, or, like... Well, no one has gotten it yet, is the other thing. that hasn't yeah. been distributed yet. Uh, in fact, in this issue of, uh, of X-Corp, something happens to the facility where it's being made. So I, I'm not 100% sure what's going on here. Yeah, like I said, it's probably like, it undoubtedly is like insanely much better written oh. and smarter and put together. But I just, oh. I don't know. There's just like something Absolutely about like- Absolutely is very well written, very well put together. The The only problem is just the fact that they're not likable. Yeah. Is that it's making the X-Men unlikable as people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was never the case like, no. uh, before. And, and yeah, I, I don't really have much of an opinion on it beyond that. I'm not reading the books. I find them to be confusing. Yeah. But uh, well, I mean, they require it, really. too much of you. Yeah. They really do. Um, and yeah, I'm split in a lot of different directions. I have, with I have finally decided that I'm going to read everything. And I've started just saying, fuck it. I'm reading every single X book hmm. as it comes out and I'm giving it my time so that I can see where they're going with it. And it is even at that, it's not confusing anymore, but it is like the characters are too aloof. They, they have yeah. a lot of the problems that the inhumans had where it's like, mm. You're dealing with royalty and they don't understand how to be humble, you know, which does not make them likable. That's a really interesting irony when Mm. you think about it, because it It was like when the movie rights to the X-Men were tied up, they put all this money into doing the Inhumans, but nobody likes the Inhumans for that reason. They're just right. They're 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 aloof. And and the X-Men are just like us, just they're, you know, like they're much cooler and they're also persecuted and like you root for them. Yes. They're the underdogs. I don't 
I, I'm looking for like a book in this whole run, and Marauders was like almost there. Oh, Marauders, like, Marauders is so was good. like because it was like they were engaged in activity that was heroic. Yes, um, and they maybe they still are. I just the the I just got so bogged down in it, and like what you're saying, like that's it's cool that you made that decision that you are going to just read everything. But to me, it's like at the end of the day, you're now spending a huge amount of your monthly uh, yes. reading to read about dickheads. <laughs> and like that to the me is like, the problem is that I still a, have a history of loving the X-Men. Well, and so do I though. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not different from you in that respect. Like I go back and read old X-Men comics that I enjoyed when I was younger. And it's like, I, it's just like, holy shit. Like I read one the other day that was in Spanish and I was like, I didn't even understand what they were saying. And I loved it. <laughs> like It was just great. Like it was, I don't know. No, it was a great book for a really long time. No, I understand. And yeah, no, I, I feel all of that. And I definitely miss a time when they were, when they were less prissy. Yeah. Um, well, and you got that X factor, like that, uh, the recent, the X-Men legends book where they're kind of yep. addressing that and they're like saying, well, well, there's an audience out there that need, wants to relive these yep. days of things being fun and great. And like that first issue of that Simonson was awesome. Yeah. I read it a couple times. Yeah. It was and great. I mean, and the things that it's, it's so funny because like when this, uh, when they finally reintroduced Maggot, who is my favorite X-Men character, I was like, oh, shit, they're fixing everything. He shows up for 10 fucking seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went, you know what? I'm going to go back and read those and see if I'm like I have some sort of nostalgia for, you know, early 2000s X-Men comics that is unwarranted. I went back and read those issues and they are goddamn solid. Yeah, that absolutely. run is solid absolutely i read those comics and i read them as a lapsed x-men reader who was Mm. like had been burned on the like the mid 90s like i mean comics in general i kind of like what there was a period where i walked away like when like post the the big like you know collapse or whatever Mm -hmm. like uh and then those x-men comics they started to be really fun there was like i remember there was a run that was drawn by pacheco and it had Maggot and it had mm-hmm. Marrow and it had like these cool new characters and it was like the art was really good and the story was fun and it lasted for like six months before it just became something that I yeah, That's, I mean yeah, it might exactly. have been longer than that, but No, um, that's exactly I what I remember. Time in my memories. But uh, uh, I remember it being this amazing thing and then it just kind of went away. They that was Steven Enough. Siegel, right? Wasn't yeah, he writing? Was. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Yeah. Like that was a you had uh, like writers who understood what people wanted to read and editors that understood how to let them do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Which isn't to say that the I'm I, it's not like I shouldn't I shouldn't shit on the X Men thing. I know there are a lot of people that like it. I just you know no. I, I mean it's it's definitely it, it's got to start going somewhere, or I think that it's going to start falling apart for the yeah. readers that are on now. I think it needs to, I think whatever, whatever big bomb that he's, he's going to be dropping needs to happen soon. And I think I'm fingers crossed. The, the gala is, is the thing that's going to do it Hmm. because in this, this is the trial of Magneto coming up Uh on the heels of this, where he kills someone. And I believe that's going to be the beginning of our fracture here. And maybe it's going to be uh, like a a ground up fracture where it's like, okay, you know, we now have a Magneto who's a villain again. Hmm. 
which would be which would be a really interesting thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm 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 still curious. I'm still enjoying the books, but I I I just wish there was less less royalty going on. Yeah, I also like I kind of like. It used to also be like there was one X-Men comic, there was a New Mutants comic, yep. there was a, you know, there were these kind of spinoff like miniseries starring the the main characters and, you know, um, you know, I don't know. I just want more ugly mutants is the problem. The mutants are too fucking pretty. Every <laughs> one of the mutants that are starring in these things, it's like, you know, it's all the attractive human looking mutants. Well, and even the ones that used to be ugly are beautiful now like i saw one that had marrow and it was like she looks like just like a supermodel with some bone armor (laughs) kind of stuff going on or whatever yeah and that that needs to stop i mean that's the whole point they're supposed to be they're supposed to be subversive they're supposed to be downtrodden they're supposed to be the people that are hated and feared they're not supposed to be super hot with magic powers and just like yeah, Ugh, there's not um, there's there used to there. there and I shouldn't say there used to be because there were always hot X-Men. But like there yeah. um, like there's a quality like a, a John Merrick kind of quality yes. to yeah. the X-Men where it was like and and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like and I don't, even it's, it's even the to... even the pretty ones were cursed in a way they all had their they all had their even like Storm was was tormented for one reason or another. Yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. whatever. It's it is it what, is it, what is. it is. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it is what it is. The X Men comics currently coming out are what they are. We have no say in that. But uh, also, X Factor number nine is out. The oh, yeah. end. Oh yeah, <laughs> the end. Of, yeah, we, <laughs> the end of our. And that's it. Yeah, um, yeah those are the things. Uh, one one little announcement that I was very excited today. I signed all of my contracts at Scout for uh, for Rad Wraith. So cool. So uh, the way that's going to go down is that we're going to publish quarterly. So we're going to have in the winter of 2022. So in actually probably December, but whatever. We're going to have issue one come out again. Issue two will come out again. And then we'll have issue three and issue four dropping, you know, over the next year. So although it does seem like it's uh, like it's taking forever to get to issue three, Issue four will come out way faster than it would have otherwise if we did not have a publisher uh, so that we don't have to do all this shit ourselves. Yeah. So that's really nice. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited. We're going to have all new covers for everything. So we're going to do we're going to get a bunch of new stuff into these issues as well. We're going to change some stuff up. Um, I'm going to correct some things that I wish I had uh, had fixed the first time around. And so that's going to make the uh, the issues that you have if you bought the Kickstarter version a lot weirder because uh, <laughs> there are some things that I was there were a couple of things that were supposed to be like little in jokes for the just for the ash can that I was supposed to take out. And then I didn't take them out. Like it says, you're fucked on his hat. <laughs> At one point, I was like, oh, that wasn't supposed to go in the actual fucking comic. That was just the ash can. But uh, it wound up in the actual comic, and I'm going to take that out. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of weird other little things. But um, yes, there was because it came from a time when we had a shirt tails idea about him, <laughs> where it was like he was going to have like a little billboard that was going to say shit on his hat. Oh. <laughs> Uh, that, sure, tails. that did not, that did not hang on in the final version of that character. <laughs> um, 
So cool. Those are the things that we're doing, and I'm very excited about it. And pester Scout about getting us a Radwraith action figure (laughs) whenever you can, uh, because that apparently is an option. And uh, that is the the comics for this week and all of those things, and we will see you next week. Thank you so much, Bob, for joining me. Oh, it's always a pleasure, and it was great to be in person again. Yeah. Uh, And that will be, I think, our status quo now going forward. We're all vaxxed up and Get, whatnot. Getting so. vaxxed. Yeah. Got vaxxed. Love it. All right. Well, right. we will uh, We'll see you next week. Ganaga. Mm-hmm. Ganaga. <laughs> what the fuck did that mean? Ganaga. Don't need no tea. Don't need no chicory.